What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have a special guest, Alex Schmidt. Alex is an American with Croatian heritage from Minnesota who decided to study abroad in Croatia back in 2015 and eventually moved back to Dubrovnik permanently in 2017. Along with working remotely as a digital marketing strategist, she also has a travel blog called The Mindful Mermaid, where she talks about mindful and responsible travel tips, specifically in Croatia. Her and her fiancé also launched Mindful Travel Croatia to help travelers escape the crowds and discover authentic Croatia. In this episode, we're going to learn about her decision to move to Croatia and some of her best travel advice. Alex, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, and we were just talking about how my power is going out, so I appreciate you uh, working through that with me. <laughs> I've had that happen to me on a couple of Zoom calls with clients from the U.S., and I'm just like, yep, I don't know, they decided they're doing some work today, they're <laughs> turning off the power, <laughs> I just found out that's kind of how it goes here sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're not too far away. I'm in Makarska right now, you're over in uh, Dubrovnik. Yep. Um, but originally, you're from Minnesota, from the U.S., you know, Correct. talk a little about your background, you know, you have Croatian heritage, you know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in uh, the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Um, my great grandparents were Croatian. So my grandpa was 100%. Um, and that makes me like a quarter, you know, us Americans always talk in percentages. Um, <laughs> but my grandpa was always um, still quite connected to his heritage. He grew up in Chicago. And grew up in a neighborhood um, where it was a lot of, you know, people from the Balkan region and, you know, Croatian roots. So he grew up and he, you know, was using phrases here and there. And like, I would just hear his stories about his family. Um, and then my family that lives in Chicago, they're still, you know, Croatian pride uh, somewhat. But um, yeah, I didn't really reconnect to uh, my Croatian heritage until college. Um, so I grew up in the Twin Cities and then I went to Chicago for college, Loyola University. And um, through meeting a little bit more of my extended relatives and saw that there was a really big um, Croatian population there, um, I was kind of becoming more intrigued with the idea of potentially going back to visit. Um, so I had found a study abroad program. I was studying um, political science and it was a study abroad program in Dubrovnik um, with a diplomacy and international business for a semester. So um, yeah, I kind of decided to come for a semester and had a really good time. Met my now fiance um, in, in school and uh, at the time, I wasn't thinking it was going to be this big thing that I would end up moving back here, but um, I eventually did. And uh, kind of through me, actually, like my mom has now become more interested in um, our heritage. And even my grandpa, like he, you know, 
pulled out all of these old documents about like where his family's from. And my mom and I actually went and like met distant relatives um, that are like, I don't know, or like third or fourth cousins or something around Rijeka. So it's kind of interesting that like generations later, I came and rediscovered my heritage. And uh, it's also kind of inspired my, my whole family to uh, reconnect somewhat as well. Yeah, that's very cool. And is your mom now out here as well? Or back in um, Chicago? She's she's back in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, but she comes and visits quite a bit. Um, she actually got remarried and had her wedding here in 2017. Um, so she she really loves it here. I think eventually she, uh, her and my stepdad will probably end up being here for part of the year as well. So, And of course, when she got married here, like all of our family came and some, some of our um distant relatives that we hadn't talked to for so long but had reconnected through creation heritage so um yeah it's been kind of cool like it all started with me coming here to study abroad and it's kind of expanded beyond just me it's like now my whole family is, is reconnecting to roots yeah it's pretty cool you got the whole family involved now yeah and you said um actually my little sister is also going to loyola chicago right now and oh, studying awesome. political science there Wow, so um, maybe world. I'll have to connect. Yeah, small world. I have to connect you guys maybe and you can give her some I don't yes. know, tips on <laughs> being over there in the Croatian community over there. I know she's been trying to, um, you know, she, I guess there's two churches in the area. Mm -hmm. and she's been trying to, you know, get involved a little bit over there. So yeah, definitely. I can connect with her. Although I went a totally different route than than political science. I'm not doing any politics here in Croatia. <laughs> but um, I originally was like pre-law. Um, my mom is a, a criminal defense lawyer. And it was kind of the thought that I would go that route as well. Um, so I was like really trying to get the best grades and get into a good law school. Um, but it was really kind of my semester abroad here that solidified, okay, I don't think I'm going to do law school for right now. Um, I really want to do something a little bit more creative and travel. And then now I do digital marketing and work in tourism. But um, <laughs> funny how life kind of turns out. I, I wouldn't have yeah. imagined myself here 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Even for me, the same way, even two years ago, I would have said, wow, you know, I'm living in Croatia and I'll be living right. in Croatia in two years. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's so wild. when you studied abroad, in Dubrovnik. Had mm -hmm. you ever, was that your first time in Croatia? That was my first time. I literally didn't know anyone. Um, I know this sounds maybe cheesy, but uh, I just felt like I had this really strong pull to come back here. I was actually considering either a program here in Dubrovnik or Prague, but I was like, no, like I, I just feel like I should go to Croatia. Um, and yeah, I, I came here and it just felt very like serendipitous. Like I kind of just felt like I was coming home for the first time. Um, like I had been here before and uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting how it worked out that way. I mean, it, it sounds like crazy. Like I didn't know anyone. I wasn't even going with a friend and it was also kind of like um, not a well-known program in my university. So I had to even like petition them to, you know, give me the college credit. So I really worked hard and saved up, you know, money to, to come here. And little did I know that it would be kind of the, the catalyst to this whole new life. What was that experience like for you when you, when you finally came? Um, I loved it. Yeah, it was, um, it was like 20 of us Americans uh, here. And then we were in uh, a local school here called Libertas. 
Um, so we were like mixed with creations as well. And I liked that aspect of it. So we weren't, you know, just with all like Americans. Um, and it was great. Like, since it's a small school in general, we all kind of got to know each other quite well. And that's how I ended up meeting Domenico, um, my now fiance. And, you know, we came at the beginning of um, the year. So we came at the end of January, early February. And we had like the entire old town to ourselves. There was like two, three mm -hmm. bars open. Um, so it was just kind of like we had this, you know, UNESCO World, you know, protected heritage site as our, as our backyard. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a really great experience. Was that a um, big transition from January into sort of the start of the summer? We were like, wow, it's such a quiet town and, you know, yeah. there's no one over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then it was still quite busy. It's gotten, so, that was 2015. It's gotten way um, busier since. But, uh, yeah, it was quite a transition. I feel like that's also why I have, like, a soft spot for the winter and the off season here, why I'm telling people, you know, you should consider coming here when it's not summer. Um, obviously winter is not for everyone because some people want to come here and, you know, have access to all of the places. But I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I want to see the sites when no one else is here. And that's like the perfect time to come. Um, because it's, it's really surreal to be like walking through the old town and really the only, you know, tourists there is maybe a couple here and there, but then it's just kids playing football or soccer, like on the Stradoon, you know, so that's really mm -hmm. magical. Yeah, it's definitely something different to see sort of the the local life rather than, exactly. you know, the life with the tourists. For sure. Um, but in my opinion, I mean, both, you should see both, you know, at some point, just so you're able to get both those experiences and compare them. Absolutely. Well, Alex, tell me a little about what happened after you know, your study abroad ended, you go back to the States. How did you end up moving back to Croatia after that? Yeah, so that really wasn't my plan. Um, so I was a junior when I studied abroad. I went back um, my senior year and, you know, finish up school. I was working, kind of uh, living the typical like city life. And I had thought I would stay on a little bit longer. But um, I was just really burned out after my senior year. And I was doing long distance. Um, so after I graduated, my present from my mom was a one-way ticket back to Croatia. Um, so I went back and I was here for the summer. During that time, um, I launched my travel blog, The Mindful Mermaid. And a, I pretty much started it as more of like a hobby blog of just talking about, you know, my life uh, or my summer rather, like being in Croatia and travels around Europe um yeah and then it kind of just turned into my blog picked up a little bit more publicity I guess because I wrote a couple of um, like experiences my first Croatian wedding experience like what it's like living in the Croatian village um, and it got picked up in like a couple of local newspapers and translated to Croatian so it started gaining uh, more momentum. Um, I started writing some like cultural columns in a uh, newspaper here, an English speaking newspaper. So yeah, that's when I first started that. But unfortunately, this was back in 2016. There um, wasn't as many foreigners here in Dubrovnik that were my age, first of all. And second of all, I could not figure out the job situation. Um, so Domenico and I actually moved to Ireland for one year. And I worked in, we lived in Cork, and I worked as an international uh, study abroad advisor. 
Um, and that was really good experience. Now, when I was there, I was actually um, like running a summer study abroad program. Um, and during that time, there was a lot of like group organization where I was like organizing like outings for them and group tours and all of that. Um, that kind of planted some seeds where I was like, hey, you know, I could be doing this in Croatia, which is, which, uh, <laughs> spoiler, is what I am doing now. Um, but also during that time, I was really building my blog and turning it more from a hobby blog to kind of like monetizing it a little bit more. I kind of shifted away from just like Croatian culture, um, you know, pieces where I was talking about living here, where it was just more general travel guides and focusing on like the mindful and responsible travel aspect. So yeah, as my year in Croatia, uh, in Ireland started to come to an end, I really just wanted to experiment with coming back to Croatia, um, seeing if I could build out my travel blog and monetize it. Um, I was also doing some freelance stuff, digital marketing. So I thought, okay, maybe I could do that full time to support myself. So I ended up leaving Ireland and, you know, it was uh, difficult at first, but I was able to build my blog to monetize it um, through ads, affiliate links, all that was also freelancing. And then within about a year and a half, um, we started getting a lot of inquiries, mainly through my blog. People were asking about, you know, how to travel to Croatia and all that. Um, so I started doing a little bit more um, travel stuff as well. Um, we organized a couple group tours. This was in 2019, couple group tours, a destination wedding, um, started doing more like custom itineraries and stuff, and then launched our travel business, Mindful Travel Croatia, which is, um, you know, kind of a branch off of the Mindful Mermaid. Um, yeah, and then we also had an opportunity to build our apartment and build a second one that we would rent out. Um, so it all just kind of came together like that. But um, it's definitely not been all sunshine and rainbows. It's been um, a lot of hard work. And I feel like when I first came here, I saw so much potential in building a life here. And it just has taken some time uh, to finally get that all together. And especially with the pandemic too, it was like for two years, two plus years, kind of having to just be patient for uh, things to go back to normal. And, and luckily now it's it's been uh, quite busy with tourism in Dubrovnik this summer that starting to see, uh, yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel and, and all the seeds that I planted kind of coming and, and blooming, so. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to go in a little more detail about you know, living here, because, you know, back in the U.S., we talk a lot about the American dream. Right. Um, it, can you sort of compare and contrast that to now your experience here living in Croatia? I mean, is there similarities? Is it completely different? I think it's completely different. And that's honestly something that I have uh, struggled with <laughs> somewhat. I think, you know, the American dream is uh, really that, you know, if there's like a if there's a will there's a way whether or not that's true but that just that you can build yourself up and it's all about um a lot of it is very focused on like the career sense um and i think that growing up in the u.s i kind of really attached my own personal identity with my career and you know how much money i was making 
Whereas in Croatia, I mean, yeah, people do work hard and, and people have careers and all of that, but there's just not so much of an emphasis on that being like your entire personality. Um, I have friends where it's like, it wasn't until the third or fourth time we were hanging out that I even found out what they do. That's just not people's entire, you know, conversation and, and their entire identity. So I think that the um, Croatian dream is a little bit more relaxed and having um, more of a work-life balance. Um, it's not about having absolutely everything. It's just having enough to be comfortable. Um, whereas I think in the U.S. it's like, you know, it's just kind of sometimes an emphasis on like infinite growth, infinite like always, you know, looking for the next best thing. And in Croatia, I think it's about kind of just appreciating what you have and, and you don't need to have everything as long as you, you know, have enough and, and you're happy and, and that your, your identity is not just based on um, what you do for work. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. But it, are those um, sort of differences something that you you know, you're on board with here in Croatia, or do you miss some of those so-called American ideals? Or, I mean, are you, are you really accustomed now to the Croatian lifestyle? Yeah, I would say for the most part I am. I mean, um, I think subconscious, no, subconsciously, I definitely still have some things about the U.S. that it's like, it's been really hard for me to kind of change. But I 100% think that Croatia has a way more healthy approach to lifestyle and i do think that the creation dream is um is is healthier in a lot of ways than the american dream and to not be just so focused on like having your entire identity around um what you do for a living hmm. yeah that's definitely i think a big difference between here and over there yeah um you know while you were living in dubrovnik during the study abroad you know, did you sort of have any expectations about, you know, if you were thinking back then, oh, wow, I could see myself living here. I don't know. Did you did you have any sort of expectations about living to Croatia, living in Croatia, that mm -hmm. when you actually came here and lived here, you know, it sort of changed your perspective or you thought, wow, that's not how I was expecting? Yeah. To be honest, when I studied abroad here, I mean, it was great. It was so magical, but it was very um, different than actually living here. So I did have a bit of a shock when I went from, you know, I was living in around the old town uh, in my own apartment or had a couple of roommates um, to then living in like the Croatian village with my boyfriend at the time, now fiance and his family. Um, I was like, I mean, I literally came from like living in Chicago to living in this smaller place. And I'm like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I've learned to appreciate it, but uh, it was still diff very different. And I, I definitely think I was a little naive in some ways that I thought it would be so easy for me to like find a job when I first came here. Um, we came back here and, and then, you know, we left for Ireland, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, I personally, I don't work now for a creation company. I work for myself, but, um, I know I have other, you know, uh, friends that are living here that are expats and stuff, and they're now working for a creation company or they're working remotely for a company from Zagreb. Like there's a lot more opportunities, especially since things have gone remote, 
that has opened a lot of doors. But back in 2016, it was, and especially here in Dubrovnik, um, yeah, there was a lot more limited options. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's definitely easier to work remotely now, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know with the digital nomad visas, I mean, a lot of people are coming to Croatia and, you know, living right. here and then working remotely for, you know, companies in other countries as well. So that's something that's gotten easier over the years. Right. Well, and I remember when I came back in 2017 and people were like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, well, I have my blog and I'm, you know, freelancing for a couple companies out of the U.S. And they're like, what? Like, I don't get it. Like, I was like one of the first digital nomads here in Dubrovnik and like local people did not understand it. And now it's become more normalized where there's more digital nomads and stuff coming. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like working remotely in creation culture is not really as much of a thing because they're so like community based, which I love. Um, but it was really only that period of time, uh, in the pandemic that a lot of people were working remotely. Um, a lot of people, it's like they, you know, they want everyone in, in the office to kind of meet each other, but. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of interesting that a lot of digital nomads are coming here, but I wouldn't say it's that common for creations to be like working remotely. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's still, I mean, one of the aspects of of sort of working and maybe also with the technological infrastructure here. I mean, mm-hmm. that's still, of course, compared to the U.S., a little behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, Alex, the Mindful Mermaid you know, your sort of your blog and, um, you know, you're also running a travel, I don't know if I can call it travel agency or yeah. a travel agency. Um, what sort of content are you posting specifically on, you know, Mindful Mermaid and your blog? Cause mm-hmm. I know you have a, a TikTok and Instagram and you talk a little about, you know, Croatian cultural content. What, what sort of things are you posting on there? Yeah, so the blog and my social media kind of have different purposes. So my blog has all sorts of like in-depth travel guides, um, some uh, in-depth information about responsible and mindful travel. Um, And just as an aside for people that aren't familiar with um, responsible travel, that's basically travel that minimizes negative social, economic and environmental impacts and basically benefit locals like as much as possible. So the whole concept behind Mindful Mermaid is like teaching people to be more responsible travelers um, and also focus a lot on like the immersive cultural aspect. Um, so that's kind of where my blog is at. That's for like in-depth people wanting to plan itineraries and not just in Croatia, I have content across Europe in the US, um, whereas my Instagram and TikTok, um, I primarily focus on Croatia travel and lifestyle. Um, I used to have more of a general uh, travel, specifically like responsible travel. But in the pandemic, specifically when I couldn't um, travel much outside of Croatia, um, I started posting more content about Croatia and posted a couple kind of funny cultural comparisons. And they really took off. Um, On TikTok right now, it's really popular for like expats. Um, There's like a huge niche for like expats, Americans living abroad, talking about um, the different countries or cities that they live in. So I was like, okay, well, I should talk a little bit about living in Croatia, living in Dubrovnik. 
Um, so I started making more content surrounding that and that kind of took off. Um, so yeah, my social media is a little bit more like kind of through, you know, seeing Croatia through my eyes, but also, you know, a lot of tidbits of, um, you know, Croatia travel as well. Um, but yeah, the, the blog and, um, the social media have kind of, they have slightly different purposes. What's sort of your most viral video on social media or con <laughs> piece of content? Um, yeah, so a couple of them have blown up. One of them was basically my fiance was dressed as like Baba, um, like the creation, <laughs> like grandmas that are, you know, around and basically let's say like every little neighborhood or village has one and she's like over on the balcony like looking so it was like creation security cameras and it was like to a little <laughs> song and it was like what's popping and she's like don't mind me just watching um and then I don't know if you saw the Netflix uh, uh show uh, inventing Anna where she's like pretending that she has money or whatever but there's like a little clip from there where she's saying what are you wearing? Why are you dressed like that? Like you look poor. So I did a, um, a video where it was like when I first showed up in Croatia in like my American athleisure wear. So it was like me dressed in my athleisure wear and then another one uh, like me dressed up. And it was like uh, basically people saying that like I shouldn't be wearing that out because that is kind of a thing here. Like okay, yes, you can wear your athleisure wear if you're going for walks, but in general, Croatians dress um, a lot nicer, I would say, than the average American. It's just a cultural thing. Um, yeah, so sometimes I just make these like little 10 seconds videos and some of them have taken off. Um, but I also have a lot of content too that it's just like tips on visiting Dubrovnik. Um, just made one today, like how to avoid the crowds in Croatia. Um, yeah, and, and just in general, trying to help people be uh, a little bit more informed and responsible travelers in Croatia and informed as well culturally. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of being informed as part of, you know, responsible tourism and responsible travel, I want to talk a little about your agency, Mindful Travel Croatia. Mm -hmm. You know, what's sort of the the mission of that and how can you become a more responsible tourist? What are some of those ways? Yeah. Yeah. So our mission is essentially, um, as you said, we want to help travelers escape the crowds and discover authentic Croatia. Um, we offer group tours, custom itineraries, travel concierge services, um, consultation services, all that. Um, essentially, you know, Croatia doesn't necessarily need more tourists, right? Um, but we do need, we need to focus more on qu uh, quality as opposed to quantity. Um, and that's something that I've seen a lot here in Dubrovnik specifically. And I do think that majority of tourists that come, um, they do want to leave a um, positive impact behind. Um, so I think if we can inform them a little bit more, people um, can make better choices. So a couple of ways that I would say to be a more responsible traveler here in Croatia is um, one, the biggest thing is traveling outside of the main tourist season, um, which is, you know, end of June to end of August. Um, and then also, you know, people can stay a bit outside of the city center. As an example, so many tourists, they come here in Dubrovnik, don't do a lot of research, and they don't really understand that you can stay 
really anywhere between Dubrovnik to Savtot and even beyond that. Um, they, they just want to stay concentrated in the old town. Um, so that causes a lot of just crowds in the old town, traffic, all of that. But also there are so many nicer, not nicer, I should say, but uh, nice villages and other parts of town that you can stay and you can take a, a, a boat ride into Dubrovnik. Um, so that kind of helps spread out the crowds. Obviously staying in locally owned accommodation. If you're going to stay in a hotel, maybe a boutique hotel that's locally owned. Um, you can also, you know, visit some of these agro-tourism experiences that's a little bit more um, immersive where they have like Pekka or something and it's farm to table. And then also I think just um, doing some research about the history and the culture. Um, I, I sometimes have people come here to Dubrovnik and, you know, they're asking questions of, uh, you know, how, how long has Dubrovnik had the walls up? And I had one person ask me, when did they take the walls down for the Game of Thrones filming? I mean, they had no idea that there's this really extensive history where Dubrovnik was like a republic. Um, so I think, yeah, some of it goes to, we have to inform travelers better, but also travelers do need to take some responsibility and, and uh, do, do some his, uh, learn some history, learn more about the culture. Um, so we kind of try to bridge that gap. And we're finding especially um, this year, I would say that a lot of our clients are really interested in those things. And I don't know if there's been some sort of shift after the uh, pandemic, but a lot of um, travelers, they, they do want to meet locals and they do want to have a more immersive experience as opposed to just checking things off of the bucket list. Um, so that's something that I try to provide through my blog and then now also through our, our travel business. Um, and it's cool to see that shift. And I hope that, you know, maybe if some airlines can extend their, their flight paths to various Croatian cities, um, that could, you know, have help us extend the tourist season, um, especially with, you know, I know you live in Zagreb, like Zagreb has amazing uh, Advent, uh, you know, Christmas festival in, in, uh, in the winter and, and so many other creation cities do too. It would be really cool if we could see, um, you know, some of the people that are more interested in the, the cultural aspect come in the winter. Hmm. Yeah, I do think Zagreb sort of does the best job of promoting itself as a sort of year-round city, which I mean, of course, as the capital city, that's a lot easier right. to do. Um, I wanted to backtrack for a second. Were you saying people, tourists, were thinking the walls in Dubrovnik were only put up for the Game of Thrones? Filming? I did have someone say that to me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. There's um, there's a few of those, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely supporting being a mindful tourist. And if, if those are some of the, um, I mean, I guess you, you go to a place you've never been before. You don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's it. You don't know anything, but yeah, it makes sense to sort of, I mean, you should know something or have a base knowledge of things that you're able to, you know, yeah. learn the more in-depth details or, you know, have questions based around the knowledge that you already know. 
Right. Of course, you can't expect people to like know everything in the whole history, but I think it's important that people take a maybe a walking tour of some sort, or maybe go to a museum or or do something to learn about um, the history. I think that's important when uh, traveling to Croatia that has so much uh, extensive history, but just anywhere in general. And I would say majority of people, you know, aren't asking those type of questions, but there are definitely definitely uh some that they yeah they just haven't heard of anything Mm -hmm. prior to coming you mentioned thinning out the crowds i know that's a big problem in you know a lot of most of the coastal you know tourist uh tourist oriented cities over here i'm in mock like i said right now and i know that locals can't even park overnight yeah. There's no space for parking over here. I know parking, you know, all across the coast is extremely difficult in the summer. So yeah, definitely. I mean, moving away from even just from the city center, even staying right. a little bit outside the city center, you know, I'm sure can help with that. Right. Oh, it's the same thing here. Like we, in the summer, I don't even go into the old town and most locals don't either because there's nowhere to park. Um, I mean, this is a problem with the city itself, but the prices for parking like double. Um, and then in our little area that we live, um, there's a lot of nice beaches and it's, it's great that people come over here, but they'll just kind of make up parking spots on like the actual (laughs) road and then, uh, driving down that road in itself kind of becomes a challenge. So (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, makeshift parking, that's for sure. (laughs) Just wherever there's sort of room to fit. You can park there. <laughs> yeah. Even in Zagreb, I noticed it's funny, not so much for parking, you know, like overnight and staying long periods of time, but there's almost like, it's like an express lane checkout, but for <laughs> yeah. parking, you just sort of pull over on the side of the road with the hazards on and you can go to the <laughs> store and, or peck it out, grab a couple things and then get back in the car and yeah, and literally. Off. <laughs> that's so funny you mentioned that. Cause that's actually been one of my biggest, um, I would say like challenges other than the language, but, um, is like driving here, especially in coastal Croatia. I mean, uh, I've been driving now. I, I got my license over 10 years ago when I was 16 in the US, but like it took me a couple years to get used to driving here. Like you really just have to be like, move it or lose it people. <laughs> and you really have to be confident about just like parking somewhere. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, I don't know, this isn't quite proper. And then the Croatians are like, no, you're only going to be for like five minutes. Just do it. Like you really have to you like gain this new Croatian confidence, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially with driving, everyone is so, like, you have to be confident, you know, everyone just makes up their mind what they're going to do and they do it, you know, you can't hesitate, you can't, Exactly. it's just, it's hard to describe, but yeah, you have to have a certain mindset, I guess, to drive over here. Uh, You mentioned the language, I saw on, I think it was a Facebook post from you that you had started to learn Croatian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going. Um, <laughs> Croatian is uh, very difficult. It was actually um, listed as the top five hardest languages for native English speakers. Uh, wow. So, of course, I knew like, you know, the swear words and some other basic phrases before I came. Um, but it really hasn't been until like the last two years that I've been taking like language classes. Um yeah, I mean, I, my goal is obviously to be fluent at some point, but um, I'm not quite there yet. Um, with all the potage, which is like uh, the Croatian grammar, 
that can be quite difficult. Um, cause then I get in my head, like if I'm using the ending properly or not, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress and I I do get self, like I would say I'm a pretty confident person, but I get really like self-conscious with speaking Croatian and it's hard too, because obviously Croatians don't mean anything by it. But when you have people be like, oh, that was so cute. Like you said this and you messed up then it's like, you're in your head um, a little too much, but it's one of those things you just have to like accept it and also like driving just like be confident and if you're going to make a mistake like make it loudly and yeah. Hmm. Now I don't know if we mentioned that before but is that part of being a mindful tourist or do you do you involve that at all in you know sort of mindful traveling learning the local language or So or... I say with um Croatia that I mean Obviously, English is widely spoken, um, but I do think it's really important that whenever you're traveling somewhere, you should learn like some basic phrases, dobedan, um, fala, you know, just basic, please, thank you, molim. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessary to be like fluently speaking when you come to Croatia. Um, but I do think that's important that travelers don't like expect that everyone is going to speak English, you know, I mean, yeah, English is, Croatians have, uh, one of the highest, uh, English language proficiencies, but of course you can't expect everyone. So you should know some basic phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, sort of as we're winding down here with the episode, um, I want to ask what sort of future plans do you have both, you know, for yourself and for your blog and your travel agency? Well, um, I'm planning on expand. Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background, just uh, Croatian village <laughs> things. <laughs> we have a Torniak. It's like a Croatian Bosnian shepherding dog and she's just whining at something outside. Um, so future plans, um, plan on expanding with more Croatia travel guides and content um, over the next six months on the blog. We'll continue to be posting um, more culture and travel tips on Instagram, The Mindful Mermaid, and TikTok as well. And then in 2023, we are going to be expanding our business, Mindful Travel Croatia, a bit more. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think, um, we're hoping to be doing some travel, um, a bit more around Croatia. We're also planning a Croatian wet, Croatian American wedding right now, which I'll just add, which is interesting because we're kind of blending the, the different, uh, cultural aspects from, from both cultures. Wow. How's that going to work? I'm interested. Yeah. Well, um, for those of you that don't know Croatian weddings are like a marathon where they go from like noon or sometime in the afternoon you start at like the the grooms they all go to the brides and then you all go to the church and then waving the flags receptions so um and then it goes to like you know three four in the morning at least so I'm like okay well I will not be able to do all that um (laughs) so let's just start at the church um, yeah, we're getting married in the old town and then taking a, like a boat over to a, a venue where we're having the reception. Um, and then, yeah, the reception will probably go later, but we are cutting down that first portion of it 
And uh, yeah, just we're kind of coming up with like what type of music we want because we want it to be kind of a combination of both. And uh, I think we'll probably do the flags with like a American flag and a Croatian flag. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting like planning it when I'm like, oh, like the groom's dinner. And then my fiance is like, oh, what's that? Like, we don't have that. <laughs> we have like the Thursday where they come and they like bring the presents, which is another thing too. You know, people usually give, uh, um, have like a wedding registry where like here they just give cash. So yeah, lots of interesting cultural differences there. Yeah, I'm sure that puts even more work <laughs> on setting <laughs> all that up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, sorry to interrupt you. You can go ahead and plug in, you know, sort of where people can follow along, people that want to, you know, follow your content or, you know, travel to Croatia, um, you know, your website, your social media, you know, what's your business information? Where can people find you? Yeah. Um, so you can, if you're interested in coming to Croatia and you need help um, planning your itinerary or, you know, anything of that sort, um, you can email us at hello at mindfultravelcroatia.com. Uh, our website is mindfultravelcroatia.com. Uh, if you're looking for some free uh, Croatia travel guides and other travel guides throughout Europe and the US, mindfulmermaid.com. Want to follow me on social media? It's um, on Instagram, the mindful mermaid separated by underscores. On TikTok, I'm uh, the Mindful Mermaid as well. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Great. Well, also, I'll put those in the episode description. So people, you know, listening, you can click and uh, find those links down below or wherever they end up on the page. Sure. Um, thank you Alex, so much. Yeah, I wanted to thank you for taking the time working with me through my power outage. Also, of we're course. getting a nice summer rain over here. I don't know if you were hearing the thunder at all. Hopefully no, I, can edit I most couldn't, of that out. <laughs> but that sounds nice. It's been so hot in Dubrovnik. <laughs> yeah, those occasional summer rains are all always welcome, you know, yeah. during these June, July, August months. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!